Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pacers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Tom Lewis of IndyCornrows.com, and I'm here to give you the latest news and notes about the Indiana Pacers. And in this episode, we will continue marching toward the NBA trade deadline, which hits on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. At the recording now, it is uh, late on Tuesday evening, and it's been about an hour at least since the last Woj bomb, so I think we're safe to at least take the temperature of where things um, stand right now and check in on the latest Rumors involving the Pacers. But before we dive in, reminder to hit me up with any comments or questions. I know I've uh, been getting a lot of feedback. Everybody seems to have an opinion on Paul George and the Pacers and what they should do, whether they should do it together or not. Uh, hit me up at email at indycornrose at gmail.com or on Twitter at indycornrose. All right, so on Tuesday, uh, Pacers rumors moved from... Brooke Lopez, uh, which was uh, a reported rumor by Peter Vesey on uh, Sunday evening into Monday. Uh, and then on Tuesday, uh, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN reported that the Pacers were interested in Jalil Okafor, and it appears that a first-round pick may be involved in that. Seems like a very odd fit for the Pacers. Much like Lopez, uh, neither of those guys scream defense, uh, scrappiness, rebounding, uh, all the things they kind of need to shore up uh, very current playing rotation and, and guy that they need to put alongside Miles Turner. But the fact that Okafor was the third overall pick last year and the Pacers might be able to get him for what could be a middle of the first round pick this year uh, might be a good value uh, if they believe in his talent. He's obviously mired in a big man glut in Philly where Joel Embiid has emerged as the guy in the middle going forward, the star that they're going to want to hitch uh, the Sixers to uh, if he can stay healthy, of course. Uh, and then a guy like Nerlens Noel who actually seems like a better fit because he is a little bit more of a defensive-minded player, uh, block shots, it might be a better fit next to Miles Turner. Uh, but regardless, uh, Okafor last year uh, battling through some injuries, he did average over 17 points and seven rebounds. But this year, uh, has been in and out of the lineup and really doesn't seem to be in the right frame of mind to be playing uh, his best ball. That's for sure. Maybe 
trying to push his way out of town. He's just averaging about 11 points and, and over four rebounds a game. So uh, definitely a guy that the Sixers are going to move would be shocked if he wasn't moved by the deadline. Also would be kind of surprised if he's moved to the Pacers. But uh, that was the rumor du jour for much of the day. And as far as the Lopez chatter, uh, Bob Kravitz from WTHR put out a tweet saying that uh, he's hearing that the Pacers are not pursuing Lopez, so he can put that room in rest. So uh, Bob's got his sources at the Fieldhouse for sure, so I trust his reporting on that. And also kind of, I guess, take a bit of a sigh of relief because that would seem like a kind of an odd fit and uh, a gamble that uh, that matchup with the Pacers would work uh, you know, past this year and improve them uh, in any way. So, uh, like you mentioned yesterday, the Pacers really appear to be uh, wanting to continue building around Paul George and, and bringing in uh, more talent to put around him. And Nate Taylor from the Indy Star had an article this afternoon uh, where he was reporting that the Pacers are doing just that, that really they want to continue to build around uh, not only PG, but also the trio with uh, Jeff Teague and Miles Turner. So that would mean signing Teague at the end of the year as well, uh, which would be interesting because I think his salary is going to be more than people are expecting. Um, but that is the situation we're in with the, with the new salary cap and all the influx of money. I mean, he's going to be around $20 million a year. And the way he was playing in January, $20 million a year would be a bargain. Uh, but uh, he's been up and down, and, and lately in February has been struggling uh, to attack like he was in January for whatever reason, whatever happened when Thad Young went out of the lineup and things got clogged up. That definitely was a factor. Uh, but hopefully Teague will get his mojo back for the remainder of the year if they're going to need it with the tough schedule, that's for sure. Uh, but anyways, back to what uh, Nate was reporting. Uh, he also heard from sources that there's been inquiries about Glenn Robinson third and Rodney Stuckey, uh, which makes sense. You know, the Pacers are trying to relieve that glut of at least, if not, you know, big men with Jefferson, Lavoie Allen, Seraphin, and also that combo Glut really with, um, I'd, I'd include uh, Monte Ellis, Stuckey, and even Aaron Brooks in that, freeing up any of those guys because usually one of them is an odd man out for sure. Uh, but their redundancy on the roster right now um, with neither Stuckey nor Monte starting is a problem. Now, obviously, Stuckey's more enticing to teams. Just because of his salary, he's only making seven million this year, and he has a player option for seven million next year, which he may end up picking up. Uh, because you, you think about uh, the haves and the have-nots, the way this crazy salary structure is going, and unless you're a young guy with a lot of potential remaining, um, or a seasoned vet who has earned the big payday, um, I think some of these older veteran players aren't going to be offered as much. So, $7 million may be something that Stucky sticks with for another year. Although, I think, you know, if the average salary is around $10 million, he may want to look for uh, a little bit more on the open market. But regardless, 
Um, if a team's trying to uh, fill out a rotation, needing a veteran guard off the bench uh, for a playoff push, Stuckey would be uh, a good option there and definitely cost less than Monte. Uh, Monte still has two years left on his deal, been a player option, um, and his number is uh, between 10 and, and $12 million for those three years. So Stuckey, a little easier to deal with. Uh, and get something back and not have to put out as much uh, as far as you know, maybe a second-round pick or uh, another player. Obviously, Glenn Robson third, a young player on a really good deal, <laughs> just making over a million dollars and has a team option for next year. So you know, Pacers better be hanging on to him because he's going to be uh, a real valuable asset, uh, even if he's a seventh or eighth man, eighth man in the rotation at that number and with the way he's developing. Um, it's uh, you know, going to be a valuable piece in the rotation. So really, there is no surprise there, and that is where we get into a realistic uh, view of what the Pacers are doing right now. Um, I can see them tinkering around the edges of the rotation at this point, not doing anything real big uh, until maybe the summer. Uh, but when you're talking about the biggest thing they could do, obviously trading Paul George, there's been a lot of media talk. You know, Greg Doyle had an article essentially saying the Pacers probably should consider getting rid of Paul George just because he seems to be on his way out of town uh, after some interviews over the weekend at the All-Star break where he didn't come out and specifically say he wasn't going anywhere, uh, even though he did say his goal was to stay in Indiana and bring a championship to Indiana. You know, it's like guy can't win uh, regardless of what he says. And even if he had said, I'm not going anywhere, you're going to believe that? No one's going to believe it at this point. Uh, he has, you know, what, 15 months, 16 months before uh, he has to make a decision. Uh, and if the Pacers uh, want to keep him, they're going to make every effort right now to help the team get better. So he wants to stay around and, and not give up already. Uh, and if it wasn't really for the Boston Celtics and their draft picks, uh, you know, there wouldn't be another option on the table that uh, would be remotely enticing at this point in the year. When you also consider the Pacers are sixth in the East, they're still in the playoff hunt by a mile, and they, you know, and that's after losing six in a row. So uh, the season is not completely lost, and I realize that this is a Cavalier-Warriors duel to the end, uh, but as far as developing for the future, uh, the Pacers still have room to grow this season, uh, and it sounds like they're still committed to growing around that core with Turner and Jeff Teague and Paul George. Uh, so nothing drastic is going to happen before Thursday, if all of these reports are to be believed. And I would point you also to, uh, on the Grady and Big Joe show today, Conrad Brunner uh, had some really strong comments about the Pacers situation and you know, how they can't really afford to give away Paul George at this point, and nor should they. Uh, he also has a great write-up on 1070 Fan website on, their, on the blog there, which I would direct you to, um, which makes a similar case that, you know, Paul George is still one of the best players in the NBA. And, and really, let's take a quick look at, you know, other teams in the league. It seems like every, everyone that watches the Pacers and follows them closely knows all the warts. You know, it's like when you, you 
paint a house, you paint your room, uh, and you do the trim, and the room looks great. But if you painted it and you know every little nook and cranny, you know where there might be a little spot, where there might be a little imperfection. Well, that's how people are with Paul George. But uh, when you go through the league, uh, you know, look at teams that have a better player than Paul George. Uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns, Lakers, Timberwolves, Dallas Mavericks, New Orleans Pelicans. Boom, there's one, Anthony Davis, although he's still young um, and he's really on a comparable level of PG, but definitely would give AD the nod there. Blazers, who you got? Kings, Kings don't have anybody now. Uh, Denver Nuggets, Oklahoma City Thunder, yeah, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Utah Jazz, eh, Gordon Hayward, you know, that's comparable. LA Clippers, eh, I don't know, Blake Griffin. I wouldn't want Blake Griffin for Paul George. You know, I'm a little biased at Griffin drives me nuts, uh, but you know even CP3 going forward, you know a few years injuries he's slowing down. Obviously, he's a great point guard, the point guard, if you want to put it that way. But again, so that's you know you want to throw the Clippers in there. They have a, a talented player comparable. Okay, that's three uh, Rockets. Yeah, James Harden, Spurs, of course, Kawhi Leonard, Golden State. Yeah, they have like three guys. Uh, so, you know, that's six teams in the West. Uh, in the East, the Mets, Magic, Sixers, Knicks, anyone, anyone, Hornets, the Heat, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, and Jazz Antetokounmpo is not far from uh, being that guy uh, for sure. And uh, even, you know, probably is comparable right now. Uh, so uh, I'll give you the Bucks, uh, Pistons, uh, Bulls, Jimmy Butler, again, comparable. Uh, the Hawks, no. Raptors, DeRozan, Lowry, no. Not going not gonna to swap there. Uh, Wizards, John Wall, yeah, he, he has, you know, for three months. Uh, but, you know, we've been saying for the past two, three years, there's no way you would trade uh, John Wall for uh, Paul George. So, um, and then you got the Celtics. No, now they're dying to get Paul George. Uh, and then, of course, the Cavs. Yeah, they do. So uh, that's really, you know, less than 10 teams right there uh, that have a better player than Paul George. And, you know, yeah, he's up and down. And um, the leadership thing is an issue that he's trying to develop. But, again, if we're going to go look at what he was saying this weekend, uh, I saw him in a couple interviews, one with KG, uh, and another one, I believe, on ESPN, where he was openly admitting that he's struggling with the leadership thing, but it's something that he wants to figure out. And, you know, I guess the uh, best way to address a problem is to admit you got a problem. And, and so it's not like he's blind to the fact that uh, trying to be a leader on a team uh, with guys he's not real familiar with uh, has been a struggle, and he's trying to figure it out. So there's plenty of issues with PG from game to game, but uh, he is one of the top players in the league. And, you know, who are the Pacers going to get back if they're going to um, deal him? Even if they get the top pick in the draft, uh, you know, there's a couple of young point guards that are really highly rated, but there's no guarantee that they're going to be uh, leading the Pacers um, to the playoffs, you know, next year or the year after that. And, you know, it might be a situation where the Pacers have to take several years 
and play from the bottom. And as much as a lot of there's a lot of people that think, yep, you got a tank, uh, that just won't sell. That won't fly, and um, it won't work here in Indiana. And so Pacers got to try and keep winning. They've got so these talented guys. They got Miles Turner, who's playing ahead of his um, draft stock. I mean, he's in the same draft as, draft as Oakford uh, and uh, shown to be a, a real big talent. And then you got PG here as, you know, your superstar player. How much he's going to make in the future, uh, we'll see. You know, the money is, is big. I, I don't think he's going to be on the All-Pro team this year, so that'll cost him a little money. I think that might bump him down to 180 over five years. Uh, which is about $30 million more than he can make elsewhere uh, just because of the extra year. So that's the Pacers' advantage. Now, again, with all of that money in, in play, he may want to take you know the two-year cheaper deal like Kevin Durant and try and team up with somebody. So you know that's fine, but uh, the Pacers are going to try and do everything they can to keep him around here. And at least for this trade deadline, they're trying to get this team to be as good as it can this year to compete in the East. Uh, so that is where we stand with the Pacers on Tuesday. All right, we'll see what 24 hours brings. There was a lot of news uh, today, so it's just fun keeping track of all the craziness. It's what makes the NBA so much fun to follow uh, from day to day, not only the uh, talent of the players, but the personalities and all the nutty things and dynamics that go into it with all the egos and all the big money uh, it is just one big great reality show so uh and this is one of the best weeks of the season uh, right up there with the draft and of course every game day so uh stay tuned we'll keep you abreast of what's going on with the pacers and I'm sure there will be more chatter because everyone keeps talking about Paul George, uh, especially on the national outlets and uh, pushing executives to comment and getting a lot of chatter out there. So uh, there was one deal today for a player I really wish the Pacers could have got in on, and that was Lou Williams of the Lakers. Uh, Magic Johnson uh, took over the reins of the Lakers uh, in the afternoon, it sounded like, and a few hours later, uh, had his first deal made as the Houston Rockets sent uh, Corey Brewer and a, their draft pick to the Lakers for Lou Williams. And that great deal for the Rockets to help bolster their already prolific offense. And the Pacers know all too well uh, what Lou Williams can do. He torched them twice coming off the bench for the Lakers in games. The Pacers split those games, but... Uh, Lou Williams was a monster getting buckets and the problem now is the Pacers have to play the Rockets in Houston uh, next Monday so they're going to get another dose of Williams off the bench no doubt as he and Eric Gordon coming off the bench whew, that's a firepower I wonder how that will um, shake up Gordon's role on the team he was starting early in the season, and then when Patrick Beverly came back, moved back to a reserve role, and has been playing really well, shooting ball well. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be a problem because the Rockets like to shoot. Everyone shoots. It doesn't matter where you are on the court, you shoot. So uh, adding another player like Williams is just going to bolster that attack, and uh, we'll see what Mike D'Antoni can do with the Rockets uh, once they get into the playoffs. But they should be fun to watch the rest of the way.
Alright, so that is it for Trade Deadline Week Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Again, please share your thoughts on the all the news uh, surrounding the trade deadline and the Pacers. You can reach me via email at IndyCornrows at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrows. And you can find the podcast on audioboom.com. Also, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or Google Play, where all prior episodes are available. And that's all for now. You've been listening to Locked On Pacers on the Locked On Podcast Network. You got it.